Hello. We are excited that you have decided to join us today via our podcast. There are other ways you can join. You can watch us live on Facebook, YouTube, and Roku under the Miracle Temple Deliverance Ministries or on our website at www.mtdm.org. You can also join us in the sanctuary at 401 North Wright Street, Bergaw, North Carolina, 28425, every Sunday morning at 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time and Tuesdays at 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. If you would like to give a donation, you can go to our website and click the donation button at www.mtdm.org. God, you are our healer. God, you have come to mend all broken hearts and bind up all of our wounds on today. Father, we thank you that you're Jehovah Shema. God, you're there, God. God, we thank you that you're El Roy. God, you see us on today. God, we thank you that you are our banner. You're Jehovah Nisi. You are victory, God. We thank you that you're Jehovah Jireh. You are our provider today. We just thank you, God, for all your redemptive names on today. We thank you for being in the midst of us, God. You say when we call on you, you shall answer us and you shall show us great and mighty things. Thank you for our helper, our teacher, our standby, our comforter, which is the Holy Spirit. And I thank you, Father, that as I open my mouth that you have already filled it. I thank you that we have been, I have been crucified with Christ. And it's no longer us who live, but Christ who lives in us. Thank you, God, for the saturation in this atmosphere on today where healing takes place deliverance takes place thank you that our hearts and minds have already been prepared to receive what you have for us today in Jesus name amen amen we are continuing on the armor go back with me to Ephesians the sixth chapter and I'm going to begin at verse 10 and today I'm going to stop at verse 14 we're taking Little bits at a time. Amen. Ephesians 6, verse 10 through verse 14. Amen. And when we all get there, let us say, Amen. Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day and having done all to stand. Stand therefore, have girded your waist with truth, having put on the breastplate of righteousness. You may be seated. We see in the beginning, Paul is talking to Christians. He's talking to the saints. He's talking to the set apart ones. He said, finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. So we know that our dependency, our confidence have to be upon God. We have to understand that when we go into a battle, 
This is not a natural battle. This is a spiritual battle. And we have to put our trust and confidence in God. He is divine. We are the branches. Without him, we can do nothing. But guess what, y'all? We are not without him. He's in us and we're in him. In him we move. In him we live. In him we have our being. So we want to trust in him with all our heart, leaning not to our own understanding, but a knowledge in him in all our ways and guess what? He will direct our path. So when you're trusting and dependent on him, though your circumstances may look like they look, you're going to turn to the author and finish of your faith. You're not going to deny what you're going through, but you realize that I don't have to go through what I'm going through because I have him who is my savior. And when you realize what your savior have done for you, you're going to turn to him. You're not going to turn to you or nobody else. Amen. So I'll trust Trust and confidence has to be in God. Then he goes on to say, once we put our trust and confidence in God, he tell us, put on the whole armor of God. So he say, put on the whole armor. You can't put on just one piece. You have to put on the whole armor of God. But then it says you putting on this armor so you can stand against, so you can oppose the wiles of the devil. The wiles of the devil is the deceit, is the trickery that the enemy is coming at us with. If you do not have on this armor, you cannot stand against. You cannot oppose what the enemy is doing in your life. So the first thing he said is have trust in me first and foremost. The second thing he's saying is you got to put on this armor, all the armor, so you can stand against the wiles of the devil. Amen. Because the enemy, he is a trickster. We talked about in the Garden of Eden how the enemy used a serpent. He could have used a bear. He could have used a lion. He could have used an elephant to go in there and say, you're going to eat that fruit. He could have made them through the strongest animals that God had created. But what did he use? He used a snake because he knew that snake was subtle. He knew that snake was crafty. He knew that snake was deceitful. And he said, that's what I'm going to use. So he used deceit. He used trickery. So we cannot be ignorant of Satan devices. So then he goes on to tell us what to do for we wrestle not against flesh and blood. Our fight is not against human beings. We spend too much time fighting against each other. We spend too much time saying he said, she said, Instead of understanding what the spirit is behind what's being said. This is why God gives you the discerning of spirits. To know what spirit they are of. Whether it's a good one or whether it's a bad one. But you can't do it without the word of God. So we see he said quit fighting against each other. Church splits come in because you have immature Christians. I'm going to say it again. You have immature Christians that is on milk, but it's trying to be on meat, but have not come mature yet. So being that they're not mature, they stirring up stuff in the church based on how you feel. You cannot go on how you feel. Feeling is not faith. You got to go on what God is saying to you right now. This is why you got to turn to him. You can't turn to yourself because some of us are so emotionalized through the hurt that we have been through through the years. Come on, all of us have been hurt. Somebody has hurt us. 
whether it's your dad, your mom, your sister, your brother, your family, your boyfriend, your girlfriend, your dog, your cat, your boss, whoever has hurt you, if you have not dealt with that hurt, you're taking that hurt everywhere you go. And until you deal with it, everything that somebody say, you're going to become offensive to it. So this is why he said we don't fight against human beings. We don't fight against flesh and blood. That's why you got to walk in the spirit where you don't entertain. Do y'all know what it means to entertain the flesh? You giving the flesh what the flesh wants. I'll use a piece of chocolate cake. If you entertain the flesh with that chocolate cake, who's going to win? The flesh. Because you keep thinking about that chocolate cake. You, your mouth is watering for that chocolate cake. Your taste buds, you can taste it. All of a sudden, you can take your hands and see yourself reaching out to get it. You can see the fork. Y'all see it, don't you? Somebody wants some chocolate cake. So you see yourself reaching out towards it. But the Bible said, taste and see how good God is. And once you taste and see how good he is, that flesh can come under subjection. And you can be walking in the spirit and you can tell the flesh, no chocolate cake today. So we got to understand what we're fighting against. We're not fighting against human beings, but God is so good. That he allowed the apostle Paul to give us all this information from him. He didn't just say we don't fight against human beings. He went on to tell us what we're fighting against. He said we're fighting against principalities. We fight, he, he go on to say, what is it? Principalities, um, against powers, against rulers of the darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in heavenly places. He said, that's who you're fighting against. But he lets you know, even though you're fighting against them, you got to know that you're stronger than they are. And the reason why, because he said that in the word, he said, not by might, nor by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord. So everything we do, it got to be by the spirit of who? Of God. We got to lean and we got to depend on him. And see, we having too many Things going on when it comes to the devil. We always say the devil made me do it. Oh, that old devil messing with me today. But God is letting you know that he has given you what you need to come against the enemy. Greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world. The Bible said he spoiled. He disarmed principalities and powers. That means that they don't have no authority. They don't have no might. They don't have no right over you anymore. So when you know that you're seated with him in heavenly places, you above principalities, you above powers. So when they come into to attack you you're going to put them under your feet you know the bible said he was telling peter we know that we ain't fighting against um human beings because remember when peter was coming against god now the thing was in matthew 16 dealing with peter he just revealed just got revelation of who christ was he said you're the son of the living god he said, nobody didn't reveal that to you, but my father, which is in heaven. He just got, was made known who Jesus was. Right after then, Satan came in. Come on, y'all. Satan is going to come in to steal, 
to kill and destroy. Because once you grab hold to truth, he's going to come in and try to steal that truth. Just like today, he's stealing it right while I'm talking. Because some of you is really not paying attention because you waiting on something. The enemy is using you right now to attack me. Because God is speaking a word to you so I can expect an attack. Because when the word is going forth, when truth is going forth, the enemy got to use a human being to bring on the attack. But guess what I learned? He who dwells in the secret place of the most high shall abide up under the shadows of the almighty. And I can say unto the Lord that he is my refuge, that he is my fortress, and in God I trust. No evil shall befall me, neither shall any plague come nigh my dwelling, because God has got his angels and camp round about me. Why? Because I fear the Lord. And when you fear the Lord, God got total protection around you. So you got to know who you are now that you're in Christ. When you know it don't matter what nobody say about you. As long as you know who you are. Because when Daniel would not give up. Because they told him that he couldn't pray to anybody except that king. But he knew that he always prayed to God. When Daniel heard that, he got on his knees. He turned his face towards Jerusalem and he began to do just like he always done. He didn't allow them to scare him. So what they did, they put him in the lion's den. But Daniel wasn't worried because he knew he was dwelling in the secret place of the Most High. Come on, tell me, who's going to go in the lion's den and go to sleep? He knew God. He knew God was his protector. God shut the lion's mouth. But guess who stayed up all night praying for Daniel? The very man that signed the decree to put him in the lion's den. He stayed up praying for Daniel. And then he said, oh, Daniel, oh, Daniel, did your God save you? He said, yes, he sent an angel. Come on, Daniel knew his God. I want to ask you today, do you know L.L. Yon for real? Do you know that he is who he say he is and he has already done what he said he's going to do? Come on, the Holy Spirit is there to put you into remembrance of what God has spoken to you. So we ain't fighting against flesh and blood, y'all. Look at your neighbor say, I ain't fighting against you. Because I know who I am. And I know who I belong to. Now say it for real. Now the fight is on right after this sermon. Y'all didn't know that? Because the devil will try you. And if you sit beside your husband or your wife, you need to pray right now. Because something is going to pop up. Amen to that. But you got to know how to fight you ain't fighting your husband you ain't fighting your wife you ain't fighting your children the fight is the good fight of faith so then we go on to so he tell us so we know that the greater one is in us we know we sit above him you got to know that you have authority and right over him he don't have authority and right over you but i like this part here that i don't want to leave out 
we cannot put on until we put off. And what I mean by putting off, you cannot put on darkness with light. So this is why every day you need to get before the father and you need to say, God, in order for me to be effective in this battle, the way you will have me to be, because I know the victory is already won. I need to know my blockers. I need to know what's keeping me from fighting in this battle the way this battle need to be fought because the battle is already won. So you have to put off the works of darkness. Whatever is in your life that's keeping you from doing what God has called you to do, you have to ask the Holy Spirit, what is it? Is it selfishness? We're going to get there today. Come on, is it jealousy? Is it envy? Is it pride? Is it manipulation? Some of us don't even know that we're manipulators. Do anybody know what a manipulator is? Really, a manipulator can be in this um, day and time, somebody who tries to get what they want through manipulation by lying too to get it, by making you think that it's right when it ain't right to get what they want. That's a manipulator. People will manipulate you with other people to try to turn those people against you, but they're the manipulator. You got to really know what you're dealing with. And none of us in here that are born again, that have accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior, we should not be ignorant. Because God has given us everything we need to know what's going on around us. So we see that. He's saying the next thing is, therefore, take up the whole. He's saying it again. He said, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in this evil day. Y'all, we're living in an evil day. And in order to withstand in this evil day, you got to have on the whole armor. You can't just be messing around. You can't just be getting up in the morning and zooming out the work and not getting before the Lord. Some of us put work before we put God. Oh, Lord, I'm going to be late. Thank you, Jesus. We need to give more time to God than we give to, to man. When you give more time to God than you give to man, God won't let nothing get by you. God will let you know what's going on. God will let you know what to do in the midst of what's going on. God will tell you when you wake up because your mind is on him. Because he's knowing that you're going to that secret place with him. He knows that you're going to that place where you're going to bow at his feet and say, Lord, what would you have for me today? And then soon as you get to that place, he says, study to be quiet today. You may not understand what God is saying, but he's saying, study to be quiet today. And you're saying, yes, Lord, your servant hear you. And you begin to worship him in spirit and in truth. You begin to praise him. You begin to honor him. God, I thank you for revealing that to me today. And soon as you enter, your job is total chaos. It's total confusion. It's backbiting. It's things going on that shouldn't be going on. And now they're running up to you and say, do you remember what she said to me? But you hear the Holy Ghost study to be quiet. See, God is not going to let you go into a situation without knowing what that situation is. We get caught up because we don't spend time with God. You can't blame God. Because we're supposed to prepare ourselves for what's going to happen. We're supposed to be prepared. We're supposed to be made ready. You just don't jump out the bed and your mind on making money. 
Because see, that could leave you that day. You could get fired that day. But God will prepare you for what's yet to come. I remember when they was trying to get rid of me for a whole two years. But I made up my mind. They can't get rid of me until it's time for me to leave this job. So when it was time for me to get ready to leave the job, God had already prepared my heart. I was in my office taking pictures off the wall in peace. Taking them off, taking them home little by little. Just doing it. And I was at peace with it. God was preparing me to leave that position. So when they called me in the office to tell me, you do a wonderful job. We don't have a problem with your work. Of course you don't. I'm getting in you 800 and some thousand a month. No, you don't have a problem. You had somebody that had a degree and couldn't get that in. But now you got somebody who know the living God. Know the spirit of the living God, and they're getting in 800 and some thousand. But see, the devil is so busy. So when they told me that, he looked at me and told me, we're going to demote you. We're going to decrease your pay. Cut my paycheck in half. My face did not change because God prepared me. And he said, you don't have nothing to say? Mm -mm." He said, how you feel about this? I say, it is what it is. They were shocked. When I walked out of that office, I did not walk out looking to my money. I walked out looking to the author and finish up my faith because God had already prepared me for what yet was going to happen. But when I did walk out of that office thinking that I'm getting ahead of God, in my mind I'm saying he gave me a choice. The guy said, well, you can either take what we're offering you and you can continue to work up under somebody or we will just um, send you home and... You know, that would be the end of it, and you can get whatever. He said, let us know Monday. When I walked out of that office, I said, see ya. That was me. That was me, because I'm like, whoo, all this is over. I can relax. But guess what, y'all? When I got home, we was preparing for a prayer service that night, and I I already was prepared because I was taking my stuff home, setting up my own office at home. So in in that prayer service and after that prayer service, this uh, prophet told me, they said, you're not going to leave that job. You know, God said, you got to stay on that job. I said, that devil is a lie. God ain't told her no such thing. That's what I said. So I'm calling the unemployment office to see how much I'll get for how long I'll get it. And the lady at unemployment office, she said, I'm going to let you know how much you're going to get. She said, because you know what? I wouldn't work there no more if I was you. I said, sure, you're right. <laughs> so I got that. Then the next, the, the night of the prayer service, I had a cousin, y'all, that wasn't even really into, you never heard her talk about anything. But on the way home, she called me. She said, I need to tell you something. I said, what you need to tell me? You got to stay on that job. Devil's another lie. <laughs> so that night, I went in and I began to seek the Lord. And as I began to seek the Lord, it was like I know that I had to go back into that job. Didn't understand it. So it was like, call the unemployment office back. Call her back. She told me I was going to get three witnesses, right? Remember, one of them witnesses told me not to go. Called the unemployment office back, and I was talking to the lady. She said, I need to tell you something. I said, what you need to tell me? She said, you got to go back. God was preparing me. For where he was taking me. I want y'all to hear me good. Some of y'all are after the money. But the money can't save you. You after more money. But you ain't got your mind right. 
And as long as your mind is not lining up with the word of God, you're going to go back to the same space that you've been in and you're going to end up with lesser than what you had, even making more money. Because your mind ain't right. So look, y'all, I had to get a demotion. My pay got, somebody need to hear this. My pay got cut in half. So God had to mold me. He had to shape me. He was the potter. I was the clay. And I didn't want to go through that molding and shaping. So I was coming up with ways of making it right. God, you can take this one out of my old position and give me that position. Come on, y'all. I'm speaking witchcraft. Because I'm taking something from her that belonged to her. And I'm praying that it come to me. Y'all don't know that's witchcraft. Because I thought I would do a better job in that position. So God took me through some areas of my life that I learned about control, that I learned about stubbornness, that I learned about manipulation, that I learned about jealousy, that I learned about envy. I learned all of these things. Why? Because he called me to root up and tear down strongholds that's in people's lives. So he told me what was in my life. So when I see a spirit of jealousy, I know you a mile off. When I see envy, I know you. When I see stubbornness, when I see rebellion, I know you because I've been there. I've done that. And I don't like them spirits because I know what they do to you in your life. So all of those things God showed me. And when it was really time for me to come off the job. See, I had to have on my whole armor, y'all. Because, see, I was getting attacked by the devil on the job using human beings. I was getting mad at these human beings. But God began to teach me and let me know you ain't fighting against flesh and blood. You're fighting against these principalities, these powers, these spirits of wickedness in high places, spirits of darkness. This is what you're fighting against. Quit looking at that person and look what's using that person and begin to call it out. So God taught me these things. So this is why we have to stand Doing all, we have to stand and we have to oppose what the enemy is doing. And the only way we can do it is with the armor. How many times did Paul say, put it on? But you can't put on until you take off what you're holding. Some of us are holding grudges for years. We're holding hurt that we don't want to get rid of, that we swept up under the rug. And we're thinking it's okay. Oh, that man or woman ain't going to hurt me like they did before. They love me. Oh, you know, this my family ain't going to do me like they did me before. They love me. As long as you're doing what they want, they're going to love you. Because if you ain't getting into the word of God, you're going to do the same thing, thinking you're getting different results, and they call it insanity. Doing the same thing, but want different results. Insanity. Because if you're doing the same thing, you're going to get the same results. So see, I start doing the same thing, but I want a different result. But that wasn't what God wanted for me. So God had to let me know, you got to tear these strongholds down in your life. You got to get rid of this rejection. The first thing I ever taught on was rejection. I wanted somebody to see me, hear me, be attached to me. It was all about me. If you don't hear me, see me and be attached to me, then I'm going to make your life miserable. I'm going to make you look like something you don't want to look like so I can be in the spotlight. Come on, somebody. We got it in the church. I know that spirit because I used to have it. Meaning if you don't look at me, let me tell you how I know it so well. This woman that was the... 
um, but you human resource person. She didn't care too much for, I can say, our race. I knew this. She was on me all the time saying, you hiring too many of your color. This is what I'm, it ain't me. It's people saying you hiring too many people of your color. So I said, well, I want you to look in medical records and tell me what color you see in there. She shut up. So I told her this. I said, since you want to know so much, I didn't hire these people. See, God showed me how to do it. I took them through the CFO. And I told her, I said, this is what employment security is saying. They're telling me that they will give me some people and they will pay half of their salary. But I'm not hiring them. I'm turning them over to you. If you want to hire them, you can hire them. These people got uh, education, done, done, went through college. Nobody want to hire them because of their color. So I'm going to tell you what I'm going to do. I'm going to give them to you. You look at them. She hired a whole slew of them. But I got blamed for it. So see what God was doing, he was doing some things in my life. You don't give up under pressure, y'all. See, some of us give up because we don't want to deal with stuff. But we want to tell people what they're dealing with. God had to deal with me so I can deal with you. He broke me down, y'all. He really broke me down. So when the human resource person come in to a Christmas thing that we had and she said something, don't y'all know it was my time to get her and to use manipulation like I wasn't getting her but was getting her. So when somebody was leaving the office, I looked at them. I said, girl, I'm so happy for you. I don't blame you. I leave here too. Oh, I thought I had her. I said, mm-hmm. She looked at me and said, well, why are you still here? She cut me down and it made me matter. But the Lord dealt with me to the point of, he said, you got to get rid of you. You own you too much. You got to focus on me. This is when that scripture, I have been crucified with Christ. And it's no longer I who live, but it's Christ who lives in me. So that scripture had to radiate. It had to really get on the inside of me. So when people begin to hurt me, Jennifer Porter is my witness. When people begin to hurt me, begin to talk about me and ridicule me, I love them even the more. She said, I wouldn't do it. I wouldn't do it. I said, "Uh uh-uh, it ain't me. It's the God in me that's still going to treat them right, even though they treat me wrong. The God that they hired in my place, this guy talked about me. To get in the position, the raise that I wanted for those people, they wouldn't give it to me. They put him in position and gave them raises. So this guy needed help, y'all. So guess what I did? I went in there and helped him. He said, they got my head on a platter. I didn't laugh at him. I just showed him what to do and how to do it. This very same guy, after I left that place... The very same God that took the position, talked about me, ridiculed me. I called the hospital one day to check on a bill. And he says, this Amanda. I'm like, who want to know? So he said, this is so-and-so and so-and-so. He said, I got to tell you something. I watch you every Sunday morning. He said, I want to tell you, I have to apologize to you. He said, because I was in such a fix, but through watching you, it brought me out of a fix and it put me back in a place I need to be in. You have helped me. Come on, God will make your enemies 
your footstool. But we get so stuck in pride. What we want to do, we want to look good in front of people. So I ain't humbling myself until you humble yourself up under the mighty hands of God. That's when you're going to be exalted and do seize. Some of y'all want to get exalted, but you ain't in a humbling state yet. You humble when you want something. That's manipulation. Then after you get it, you go back to rage and anger because you got what you want. Oh, I know I'm speaking right. This is things that need to be taught in the body of Christ. Everybody want position. But when you get in the position and what's required for you in that position, when you don't like it, you back off the position. But you got to understand that these positions come from God. He promotes you. He puts you high. He bring you low. Promotion don't come from the east nor from the west, but promotion come from God. If God put you in position in this church, it's because he done it and I'm obeying him. But if you choose to back off the position because of how you feel, that's on you. People back off position because I don't like what this one said to me. You ain't fighting against flesh and blood. Why are you speaking to Do you know who I am? You know what this, it reminds me, and I know daddy, remember this too. We had a cousin when they say, you know who I am? He said, you an eternal fool. Because <laughs> some of us will act like a fool. That's why the Bible say you got to know how to answer a fool in his folly. Because if you don't know how to answer a fool, you become a fool. Come on, when you in your word, you know what to say and wisdom will begin to speak. Some people don't want you to tell them nothing. But when wisdom is speaking, hear wisdom because it's from above and ain't from this earth. Come on, try heavenly wisdom. The wisdom that comes from God. Sometimes the wisdom that comes from God, it seems foolish. And the reason why it seems foolish because it ain't the way the world does it. You're not of this world. You're in it, but you're not of it. You're a spiritual being once you become born again. So let's go into, see God keep adding stuff to this. Y'all, preferably we'll finish this before 2024, right? <laughs> so then we go on to the next part. It says, stand therefore, having girded your ways with truth. Now we talked about this when they mean to gird. When we go to Exodus 12, 11, listen at this. When they got ready to leave Egypt, they could not leave any kind of way. They had to be prepared. They had to make their self ready. So he told them, he said, you may, must be fully dressed as if you were going on a trip with your loins girded. This is Exodus 12, 11. You must have on your sandals on your feet, your walking stick in your hand. You must eat in a hurry. This is the Lord's Passover. So what he was saying, they, men will wear those long um, dresses, I call it. But he would say, gird up the loins. They had to take and gird those up and put them, tuck them. Because they didn't want nothing to get in their way. They didn't want them to fall. They didn't want them to trip. So they had to gird it up. When we look at 2 Kings 4.29, it 
This is when Elijah was talking to Gehazi. He was telling Gehazi to go revive that woman's child. But he said, get ready, tuck in your cloak, gird up your loins, pull up the back of your cloak between the legs and tucking it into the belt, allowing free movement. Take my walking stick. That's authority in his hand. That means you got a right to do what I'm saying. Yo, come on now. You got a right to do what I'm sending you to do. Tuck it in. I don't want you to trip. I want you to go where I'm sending you without tripping. You are prepared for this battle. Then you go back to Elijah and 9-1, Kings 9-1. He had to go anoint Jehu. And he told the man, he said, get ready, gird up your loins and take this small bottle of olive oil in your hand. So he was telling him, I want you to gird up your loins. I don't want no tripping. I don't want you to trip over anything. I want you to go where I'm sending you. You got to already be prepared. The word of God is what prepares you for whatever is going to come in your life. And if you are not in the word, you're not going to be prepared and you don't need to be going into battle. Guess what? You got to gird up yourself. That's the word is Jesus. So the first part of that armor you put on is the belt of truth. He is the truth. Jesus is the word. In the beginning was the word. So we got to understand the word come first. You got to be born again. You have to accept him as your Lord and as your savior. And that's when you putting on the belt of truth. So when you put on that belt of truth, the belt of truth is there to hold up the rest of the armor. If you don't have on the truth, that's why Jesus says, sanctify them in truth. Thy word is true. Set them apart in my truth. They're in the world, but they're not of the world. So you don't do what the world is doing. So when you got on that belt of truth and you know him, you're not going to do what everybody else is doing, y'all. Nobody don't have to tell you don't go to that party. Nobody don't have to tell you don't go play them numbers. Nobody have to tell you what to do if you got on the belt of truth and you know him. Follow him. Follow me as I follow Christ. So when you get to know truth, come on, you, you sanctified, you set apart. This is why he told his disciples. He told them in John, I believe it was 832. He told them to continue in the truth did he not john 8 31 and 32 the jews believed on him first he said if you abide in my word you are my disciples indeed and you shall know the truth and the truth shall make you free so you can become born again but don't know him have not come acquainted with him how many know that before you get married you get acquainted with whomever you're going to marry. And how many know that if you don't become acquainted with God first, you can marry the devil himself. And they can talk about Jesus all day long to you to get you where they want you. And they talk in your language to get what they want from you. And as soon as you marry them, you're looking in the eyes of the devil. You got them now. God hate divorce. Come on, don't just hook up with any and everything just because they got money and just because they built right or look right and you're going to have some pretty churn by them. You don't know what's popping out of you, do you? And then when you look at that baby, you like, you look just like your daddy. 
Now you can't stand the baby. Get out of my face. You remind me so much of your daddy. I hate him and I hate you. Look at the devil hurting that child. And you laid there and got that baby. You knew how that man was before you married him. You knew he was dipping in a tripping and falling all over the place. Yeah, I said it. But you looked at what you thought he had. And then you're finding out he didn't have what he said he had. Now you paying his bills. Come on, somebody. That's why you got to know truth first. Before you know anybody else, you need to become acquainted with him. Because if not, you're going to make that man or that woman your idol. And you're not going to do nothing outside of what they say. If it don't line up with what he say, I ain't doing it. Ain't that right, honey? He'll tell me the same thing. If it ain't lining up with truth, I don't care who get mad at me. I'm not going to do it. And if you're not in your word, you are going to come against me. Because you think it should be done the world's way. But I'm telling you what God is saying and you can't understand my language and you save. That's why so much conflict in the church. You got to get in the word. Come on, if we're going to be on one accord, if the church going to be on one accord, if the leader's going to stand for what's right, you got to get in the word for yourself. So when your leader come to you and tell you what thus says the Lord, you standing at attention with that belt of truth on and you saying, all right, I got you. Not turning your back. The devil is a lie. You don't own me. You don't tell me what to do. Rebellion. Stubbornness is like a sin of witchcraft. Come on, I can stay on truth all day long. Because when you get the truth and you become acquainted with the truth, you ain't bucking. You humbling yourself. Because God has put somebody over you on these jobs. We bucking against people. And the reason why we buck against them because we don't like what they say or do. But God tell you to honor those who are in authority over you. If they don't tell you to do something that's death or myth, if they don't tell you to do something outside of what you, you're supposed to obey. Some things you don't understand. It ain't for you to understand. You ain't in that position. Who you think you are? Some of you mad because that person got it and you thought you should have had it. God said you ain't ready for it yet because your attitude ain't changed. Even though you got the education, you got a stink attitude. And I want to bring it down. Let me heal you where you hurt. Let me heal you where you hurt through the word. The word will heal you where you hurt. If you allow the word to heal you, you got to get acquainted. With the word. The more acquainted you get with this word, y'all. Come on, look what the enemy used in, in Genesis 3.1. We go right back. The serpent, how cunning he was. He used the very word God sent. And say, did God really say? Come on, how many people do you have in the church? And God give you a word. And they'll come up to you church folks. Did God really say that? Where you been? In the Ozarks? That's when you separate yourself because the enemy is using them. How do I know? Peter, the very one getting back to Peter that verified that he was the Christ, began to rebuke Jesus because Jesus was telling them that he was going to die. He was going to be buried. He was going to 
be rolled. He's going to rise again. But guess what? Peter was like, oh, no, that ain't going to happen to you. He said, get thee behind me, Satan. Because he knew what God said. See, when you know what God said, you don't listen to what nobody else said. I don't care who they are. You don't listen to them. And you don't listen to a husband or a wife who's contradicting what God told you, thinking you're going to keep peace in your house. Go on your word. Your house will be divided when you truly accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior. Your husband ain't going to like you the way he liked you. Your wife ain't going to like you the way she liked you, husband. Because you honoring God first and foremost. You ain't bowing down the mess no more. Come on, baby, let's go out. Let's go out, baby. No, I don't do that no more. Mm-hmm, I thought you was a Christian. I thought you was a Christian. You say you don't do that no more. You don't cook no more either. See how the devil rise up? See, because the enemy got to use whomever he can to try to make you disbelieve truth. That's why you got to be in it, y'all. I'm saying it over and over and over again. You got to be in this word more than you into anything else. You, that's the first piece of your armor. It holds up the rest. If that belt is not on, everything else is not going to fit. You shall know the truth and the truth shall make you free. Now let's go to this breastplate of righteousness. He said, having put on, you notice we have to put on these things. Y'all, this is a daily thing. You got to keep that belt of truth on. You got to know what the word of God is really saying. You got to keep that belt tight. And he said, The breastplate was used to protect y'all the vital organs and righteousness means to be in right standing with God. God is a holy God. Nobody can stand before him unless you are perfect. You cannot stand before God. None of us could save ourselves. It took his son Jesus to save us y'all. We could not save ourselves. So let me ask you a question. When you said I do, you said I do to truth. Jesus is the truth. You accepted truth. Amen. So once you accepted that truth, you are no longer your own anymore. You are abiding in him. That means you're not looking to you no more. Your dependence is on him and what he did for you. So God don't see you no more. He see him and that's what make you righteous. It ain't no thing that you can do to get it right. Coming to church, paying your tithes, visiting the sick. Come on, it's good things, but that cannot make you right with God. The only way you can get this righteousness is through accepting this belt. And now you got to learn about your right standing in him. Not in you. Tell your neighbor, say, it's not about you. Say, it's not about you. Say, quit making it about you. Oh, we're going to get down with this today, y'all. 
So you got on that belt of truth. And being that you got on that belt of truth, you in right standing with God because you accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior. He who knew no sin became sin for you so you can become the righteousness of God through him. I don't care what you try to do. You cannot make yourself right. And some of us are trying to make ourselves right by fasting, by praying, by speaking in tongues, by being on time. We're trying to do things to get something from God. And the only thing you need to do is stand in what Jesus have done. You cannot go into the battle being self-righteous, thinking that it's you that's going to defeat the devil. He's already been defeated through Jesus Christ. So when you go into the battle, when they put on this breastplate, This was brass and bronze. And let me tell you something. When these soldiers came out, it was glycerin. That means that light from that, when they came out on that battlefield and the sun hit that, oh, it messed up their eyes. Come on, when light come in the midst of darkness, that's why you got to come out knowing that you're right in him and all these false accusations from your past, you don't live on them no more. You don't live by them no more. When the enemy is saying you worthless, you don't go by that. You're worthy because of what he done, not because of whatever you will do. When the enemy say you can't even go to church, they know you was prostituting. Come on, you coming out with your breastplate of righteousness on, knowing who you are in him, and you're not going on the lies because you know truth. So let's go into this. This is self-righteous part here. Remember when Adam and Eve, they ate the fruit. Then they tried to clothe themselves. That's self-righteousness. They try to fix it themselves. How many of us, when we mess up, we try to fix it and end up in a lie? Oh, I'm going somewhere with this. Men and women of God. How many of us have dipped and tripped somewhere we shouldn't dip and trip? And we try to close the door on where we've been dipping and tripping because we felt like we messed up. So we're trying to fix it ourselves. I'm going to go back to a familiar passage that you're familiar with. David, a man who was after God's own heart. David saw Bathsheba. She was bathing. David should have been out to war, minding his father's business. But when he looked and saw that woman bathing, he got an eye full. Ooh. Ooh, look at there. He sent somebody over there to find out. Who's over there? They came back and gave him a report who was over there and told him that's Uriah's wife. Oh, that didn't bother old David because David got a glimpse of nakedness. So the only thing David could see was nakedness. He didn't care who she belonged to. David didn't even care. He had some wives, a lot of them. He didn't care. He wanted something new. Y'all know what I mean. Sometimes you get dissatisfied with what you got and you want to have something new. That's old now. I want them to taste something new. So David went at this woman. We're looking at adultery. Okay. After he got the woman, he slept with the woman. Then he tried to get the husband in on the lie. He tried to cover it up. Self-righteousness tried to fix it yourself. David tried to fix it himself by calling in the husband, getting the husband drunk, going to send him home to lay with the wife and say he got the woman pregnant. Come on now, manipulation. Come on, we all been there and done that. Trying to cover up something. Don't y'all know that sin calls? 
A person may die and been in that grave for 20 years, and if they got some youngins, they're going to pop up in Ancestry.com. Y'all didn't know? What's in darkness is going to come to light. Don't think you done covered it up so much that a twin walk in there. What? Jesus. Anyway, old David tried to cover it up, right? So that's self-righteousness. Anything you try to do on your own without involving God is self-righteousness. She money and he money, hiding money from each other. You're trying to make something right because you messed up the bills, women. So you're trying to cover it up and trying to get it right. You know, I'm just going to work an extra day, honey. Well, honey, why are you working an extra day? You never want to work an extra day. Well, I just figured, you know, sooner or later we're going to need that extra. So the day come when the husband needs the extra, you may. Well, where's the extra, honey? Well, you know, we just need to save it. There's another lie. I, I, I put it in savings, honey. You know, we need that for a rainy day. Well, this is a rainy day, honey. I really need to pay off this bill. Well, what you coming to me for? You, you want my money I made? What's wrong with you? I made that money. You didn't go out there and work for that money. Now you're mad because you got caught. House divided. Cannot stand. For one, when you come together, you don't be hiding what you got. You help us of one another. Hallelujah. We look at Luke 18, 9 through 14. Y'all familiar with this? There was a parable Jesus spoke when they trusted in themselves. They were righteous and despised others. Two men went up to the temple to pray. One a Pharisee, the other a tax collector. The Pharisee stood and prayed thus within himself. God, I thank you that I'm not like other men, extortioners, unjust, adulterers, or even as this tax collector. And then he began to say what he do, self-righteous. I fast twice a week. I give tithes of all that I possess. Come on, some of us do the same thing. I don't do like that one. I do this and I do that. This, that, and the third. Did I get it right? This is what I do. So you're trying to justify yourself that you're more righteous than your brother or sister. Come on, all of us has been in that spot. Amen. But then you had one. And the tax collector standing afar off would not as much as raise his eyes to heaven, but beat his breast saying, God, be merciful to me. I'm a sinner. I tell you, this man went down to his house justified rather than the other. For everyone who exalts himself will be humbled and he who humbles himself will be exalted. So this means that this other tax collector, he didn't even look up. He humbled himself. He recognized that he was a sinner and he needed God. He couldn't do it himself. He wasn't becoming self-righteous. See, when you're trying to do it yourself, that's self-righteousness. Now you got to go back to the beginning when Paul said, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. You're not trying to do it yourself. You know that you cannot go into this battle without the Lord's help. That's being self-righteous. Romans 10, 3 and 4 says, here's the um, Jews and how they were. For they were ignorant of God's righteousness and seeking to establish their own righteousness. Have not submitted to the righteousness of God. For Christ is the end of the law for righteousness to everyone who believes. 
So when we try to do it ourselves, that means that's self-righteousness. That means we're not trusting in the righteousness that belonged to us through who? Through Jesus Christ. Our righteousness is based on him, not based on us. And I'm going to tell y'all something. If you're born again, if you accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior, I don't care how many times you mess up, God can still use you, but not the way you need to be used. Because you got blockers in your way. Because God ain't looking at you. He's looking at his son. But what stops us from being used to the fullest is because we're still trying to fix something that he's already fixed. So you're wondering why this person is going higher and higher from glory to glory and you're stagnated. You're stagnated because you ain't let go to the fullest and allowing God to be whom he need to be in your life. God was giving me this as it is written. There is none that's righteous. No, not one. Our righteousness come through Jesus Christ. If you're trying to make yourself right in any area in front of people, if you're going into the Bible just to prove yourself that you know the word, that's self-righteousness. You don't have to prove yourself quoting the Bible from the front to the back, from the back to the front. If you ain't living it, you don't need to be quoting it. Because the more you get into the word and the word get in you, that's your lifestyle now. That's your new life. I have come across so many people that you can hear them just quoting the Bible, just quoting the Bible. I remember when I first met Apostle, this lady that I knew she was telling me about these two women. And this is when um, I first started out in ministry and she was telling me about them. And she said, you know, I want you to meet these two women. I said, okay. So the first woman that I met, I got on the phone with her. This woman was quoting the word of God. Just quote, 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 quote. And in my mind, I'm like, hush. I ain't want to hear it no more. Because I knew she was trying to prove herself. She was trying to prove herself based on how much word she knew. I cut that quick. Because I felt in my spirit, you trying to exalt yourself. You trying to establish yourself based on you and not on God. You telling me everything you done and how you done it and when you done it and blah, blah, blah. But when I called apostle, normal conversation. As the word need to come in, the word came in. So see, you got to know the difference. Just because somebody quote, you're going to find out how much word in them when you check them. And when you check them and they drop out because they've been checked, something ain't right. Because if you got the word in you and you become offensive, you're going to humble yourself in the midst of it. Come on, somebody. You can't trust everybody because the devil know the word. Come on, he was in the garden of Eden. Did God really say Come on, you'll have people pronouncing words like they want you to pronounce the words. And, and then that's the one I'm going to follow because they know how to pronounce. You're going to follow them right to hell. Because you're going on pronunciation. How they come across. But you need to be listening to what the word is saying and how the spirit is moving through that person. Moses was a stutterer. But God used him to be a deliverer, self-righteous. You trying to look at TV and see how somebody else flow and you want to flow like them. You are not them. God used you for you. 
I remember we went somewhere to speak. Well, I went somewhere to speak, and, and this lady got up there. She wasn't playing a Paula White. Paula White down. I sat there, and the Holy Spirit just ministered to me. But when I got up, I checked that. Mm-hmm. After God checked it, and after I finished ministering everything, God led me to give the money back to the people that was giving it to me. I just gave it back to them. She stood up and said, I want to give you mine back too. Girl, you still ain't got it right. You don't do something because somebody else is doing it. You follow the heart. Don't follow people. The Bible says, Isaiah 64, 6, but we are all like an unclean thing. And all our righteousness are like filthy rags. We are faded as a leaf and our iniquities like the wind have taken us away so see our righteousness is like a filthy rag but the day we accept jesus he ain't looking at that he's looking at his son jesus check this out y'all in luke 15 i think y'all familiar with this it was a prodigal son and that prodigal son he wanted to have his inheritance he wanted all of it the father gave him the inheritance and he went about his merry way And he went out and he spent all of this money and partying and doing all kind of stuff. Verse 17 says in Luke 15, but when he came to himself, let me ask y'all something. When all your money gone, do you come to yourself? Everybody in here, when you ain't got no money, do you come back to reality and say, I'm broke, busted, and disgusted with nowhere to go? So now you're ready to humble yourself because you done got out of you. Have we all been there? Wake up, everybody. Have we all been there? Come on, y'all need this word. Don't let the devil put you to sleep. If you got to stand up and just say hallelujah, you're going to do it. Because you need this word. The enemy trying to put you to sleep. I know this is good stuff. You better take your medicine. Come on, you need this medicine. This medicine is what brings life. Now, if you was watching Lifetime and all this other time, you would be right there in front of the TV telling somebody, shut up. You're making me miss it. I tell my husband and my daughter sometimes when I'm watching TV, I pause it. Then they talk, y'all through. And then they stop talking and then they start again, I pause it. Y'all know what I'm talking about. So this is what happens. So he came to himself and this is what he said. How many of my father's hired servants have bread enough and to spare and I perish with hunger. So he was coming up with his, his way of fixing it, right? I will arise and go to my father and will say to him, father, I have sinned against heaven and before you and I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. How many of us mess up? And we said we're not worthy. Come on. How many of us mess up and say, I'm not worthy. I can't do this no more. I can't do that or the other. I just don't feel worthy. And then he said, make me like one of your hired servants. And he arose and came to his father. But when he was still a great way off, his father saw him and had compassion and ran and fell on his neck and kissed him. And the son said to him, father, I have sinned against heaven and in your sight and am no longer worthy to be called your son. Guess what the father did? But the father said to the servants, bring out the best robe. 
I want to talk about this robe of righteousness. He said, bring out the best robe and put it on him. Meaning that he's saying, what you did, I'm not looking at. It's not based on what I have already done. He put him in right standing. He had a feast for his son. He put a ring on his hand, sandals on his feet. But guess what happened? How many know when God puts you in a rightful position, that's the position forever. We take ourselves out of that position because we let people dictate to us who we are. We let people tell us we ain't worthy enough, we ain't good enough, we can't do something, we'll never do it, we're stupid, we're ignorant, we don't look right, we don't dress right. But when you know who you are, it don't matter what the devil is saying to you. You say, get thee behind me, Satan. So guess what? After the father took him in and had a great feast for him, don't y'all know the devil is waiting? Somebody right beside you. Because they upset because that person got welcomed back in and they thought they shouldn't be. The older brother was in the field and he came out and drew near to the house. He heard music and dancing. So he called one of the servants and asked, what's these things? What do these things mean? And he said to him, your brother has come home. And because he has received him safe and sound, your father have killed the fatty calf. Now look what happened. But he was angry. I'm hitting something today. He was angry and wouldn't go in. How many of us in this room, because God have accepted somebody, not because of what they done, but because of what Jesus done on their behalf. And you get angry because you feel like they shouldn't be where they are. Why are they still there? Look at your neighbor and say, he who haven't seen, let him cast the first stone. He was angry. And this is what he said. Therefore, his father came out and pleaded with him. So he answered and said to his father, lo, these many years I have been serving you. I have never transgressed your commandments at any time. And yet you never gave me a young goat that I may might make merry with my friends and as soon as this son of yours this son of yours his brother came who has devoured your livelihood with harlots come on pointing out all his mess how many y'all point out everybody's mess hello somebody jamie i raised mine too thank you brother it need to be more hands than this man and jamie's it need to be toes fingers Everything you can raise, you need to raise it up because you've been there and you've done that. You done cut somebody down and said what they should. Come on, somebody. Don't act like you're ignorant today. God trying to deliver you. We cut people down. I'm better than they are. I pray. I fast. I speak in tongues. I'm always at the church. I'm always doing this, that, and the third. And you never let me do that. Why are you letting them do that? Where's your belt of truth? But as soon as this son of yours came who has devoured, I'm saying it again, your livelihood with harlots, you killed the fat of calf for him. And guess what he said? He said to him, son, 
you are always with me. And all that I have is yours. See, when you don't recognize what you have, and you're trying to do it through self-righteousness by cleaning the church, by doing this and that and the other in the church and outside the church trying to make a name for yourself because you don't know what you got. That son stayed there with the father and still didn't know what he had and thought he was doing something good. It was not accepted because he was doing it based on him and not based on what he has. That's self-righteousness. You cannot go in the battle being self-righteous. You cannot go in the battle trying to dress yourself, trying to look good on the outside, but the inside is tore up. God worked from the inside out, not outside in. The devil worked from outside to get in. But he can't touch your spirit. But he can touch your soul all day long. So we need to quit trying to put on stuff that's not of God to make people think we're somewhere we're not. It's time to get into the word and be who you are so you can be prepared for this battle. So when people make false accusations against you, it don't bother you because you know that everything you have come through him. And as he is, so are we in this world. I'm joint heir, an heir of God and a joint heir with Jesus Christ. And I'm joint unto him. I'm one with him. So no matter what you say about me, it don't matter. Because I know who I am now that I'm in him. So I can love you. Because I know it's a spirit using you trying to bring me down because of where you are. Because you're not satisfied with you. Time to get it right. It's time for us to recognize who we are. Because you cannot go in a battle trying to be self-righteous you got to go into this battle knowing that everything you have comes from him and you're living according to what he has and not according to what you have and when you do that you can stand doing all you can stand but you cannot stand being condemned and sometimes the devil condemn us so much we blame it on other people. This will make me feel that way and that will make me feel this way. And I, I just feel this kind of way today. Because you ain't got on your armor. Every day you got to make sure that armor's in place. And the word of God, what you began with, the truth, is what keep this breastplate in place. And you're prepared. So when the enemy come up to you with hatred, bitterness, whatever it may be, you can bring forth truth. And as you bring forth truth, don't think the enemy ain't going to get madder. But as you stand and doing all to stand, guess what? You will see it manifest. We give up because we're not in the place that we need to be in. A person who always talk back, there's some hurt there. They're trying to take up for themselves. A person who always come back at you when you say something because they're trying to figure out what you're saying because they're getting used to trying to stand up for themselves. You stand for righteousness. You stand for who you are now that you're in him. Don't take offense at everything somebody's asking you. And that means sometimes you got so much hurt in you that people are scared to ask you a question because they don't know what's going to come out of your mouth. So we have to hear God. And the only way we can do it is through the word. Come on, let's quit playing.
We come in here to get the word so we can be prepared and ready for what else is going to come. Come on, y'all. We got to have on this armor. So if it's the Lord's will next Sunday, we going back in. We only talked about two pieces. And it took a while to get to the two. So what is that telling you? You don't just think you slapping on something. You got to know what you putting on. Because when you go out, people look at you. And some people say, I wouldn't even put that on today. But if you know, that you know, that you know, you ain't worrying about what nobody else say. You standing for righteousness. Amen. So come on and give God a hand clap of praise. Amen, amen, amen. Hallelujah. Thanks for watching Miracle Temple Deliverance Ministries, where miracles happen. You can join us each week on Sunday at 11 a.m. Eastern for church service and on Tuesday at 7 p.m. Eastern for Bible study. For upcoming events, teachings, and ways to contact us and more, you can visit us on the web at www.mtdm.org. You can also give a donation by clicking the Donation tab. God bless you, and we will see you next week.